0: Christmas Sunday is a family Sunday where we all come together as family, old and young babies. And so if you have a kid and the kid is acting up, don't worry about it. This is Christmas Sunday. This is family time. And so if they act up and they say something, you could always maybe at their merit say, hey, remember when you were small and on that Christmas Sunday, Pastor Dave was saying, and something, and just you just shouted out something. Well, you could only hold, hold that over their hand, but please don't worry about your kids because I I got a message that I want you to hear. That is an important message. We just thank you for that. Your kids are here, and they're the future. And so we're so happy to have you here. But this coming Wednesday, millions and millions are going to around the world are going to gather either maybe Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, and they're going to just anticipate the opening of the presents. They've already scoped the. Um, boxes under the tree. They kind of guessed what it is in those boxes. They're looking in the closets. They're looking under the parents' beds to see what gifts that they might have. And then Christmas Sunday comes, and they open their presents, and it's a pair of socks. (laughs) It's a shirt. It's a Star Wars Poe Dameron action figure. And I wanted baby Yoda <laughs> so there are so many times, and most likely we 're going to get some of the things we want, but also we 're going to get some of the things that you know we didn 't want or we didn 't expect and today we 're going to talk about that because that is what happened on Christmas when the angel came and spoke to joseph jesus 's father. So if you have your Bibles, can you turn with me to Matthew? Um, chapter 1 verse 18. And the author says, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother was pledged or engaged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, you have to realize that engagement back then was very different than engagement today. Because if you're engaged today and something, you know, the relationship isn't going right or you're getting cold feet or you're saying, you know, I'm really not sure about this person, you could always call off the engagement. But back then engagement was the same the engagement process was the same thing as being married so if you were engaged you were married and the only way for you to dissolve the engagement is through a divorce but then we see here he's that but her husband was faithful to the law because what mary was pregnant And so, you know, Joseph's going, hey, what's going on here? And he realized that, you know, according to the law, the penalty of her adultery was death. Even though the Jews couldn't, um, execute people at that time because only the Roman government could do that. So he was, he was, he was conflicted between the law and the grace. And he said, yet he didn't want to publicly hurt, to expose her publicly, um, to public disgrace. So he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David. Now, he wasn't King David's son, but he was just saying that you were from the line of David. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Wow, now looking back at us, we say, wow, what a wonderful message that your wife is going to bear the son, the Messiah, and you are going to name him Jesus, and he will save his people from sins. And we look at that today and say, wow, what a wonderful message. But for Joseph, that was like opening a Christmas present and looking at, oh, I got a pair of socks, because that's not what he was expecting. And he says, and you will name him Jesus. Now, Jesus was a variant of Joshua or Yeshua. That means God saves or God is our salvation. And everybody knew, every Jew knew about Joshua. And Joshua was the one who took over leadership when Moses died. He was a mighty warrior who defeated all of Israel's armies to allow them to occupy the promised land of Canaan. However... For centuries after centuries after centuries, Israel was a conquered nation. First, the Babylonians conquered Israel. Then, the Persians came after them and conquered Israel. Followed by the Greeks, and finally, the Romans conquered and occupied Israel during Christ's birth. So, all the Israelite nation knew was occupation and the tyranny of foreign. So Israel was looking for the Messiah who was to be a warrior king who was come with a sword and free them from Roman oppression. But the response Joseph got wasn't what he was waiting for or any other Jew was wanting to hear. They wanted to hear, you will name him Jesus because he will save his people from Roman rule. Huh? Yeah. Huh? That's right. You know, that's what um, they were expecting to hear. But they didn't hear that. Save people from their sins? God, you know, okay, that's cool. I could just go to the temple and have my sins forgiven. Why can't you save us from the Romans? Well, maybe some of you are in that situation here today. When you hear that message and that Jesus came, Christmas is about God sending his son. So what? He could save us from our sins. And you say, well, you know, God, you know, I'm oh, pastor. I'm pretty good right now. You know, life is good for me right now. Maybe God could save me when tragedy strikes. Or maybe it's kind of like that thing where it says, break out or use only in case of emergency. God, you could save us from that. But save me from my sins? But you see, God has a bigger picture than just that. You know, in uh, Romans 3.23, the Apostle Paul says, For all, who's all? All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So it says all of us have sinned, which means missing the mark. And it says we have fallen short. What have we fallen short of? Well, we've fallen short of God's perfection. That's what he's saying here. We've all sinned, and every single person, every single one of us, have fallen short of God's uh, perfection. And then Paul goes on in Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. So basically what he was saying is, each, everyone, all of us, we have all missed God's mark of perfection, and the consequences of that is death. And you might say, well... You know, if God's standard is perfection, then forget it. I've lived all my life like that. I got a B. And I was told that I was a failure. Now you're telling me that I've got to reach God's standard of perfection? No one can attain that. And you'd be correct. No one on their own can contain that. But this is the good news about Christmas. And it's been read before in the Advent reading. Pastor Marker read it, but I'm gonna read it again. John 3:16 through 17, because this is so important. If you do not know God yet, these are the verses that I hope that you could just Google. And get, and just read over and over again. And it says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now get this part. We forget this verse. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. How many of us think that God's a condemning God? That God's just waiting for, uh, waiting for us to make a mistake so he could just come and punish us. Hey, we got that B you're afraid, oh, wait, wait till dad comes home, right? We think of God like that. But God's not like that. But what? He wants to save the world through him. And to illustrate that, it's time for the rope. I know that you've seen this before. And so, Michael, could you and Michael do the rope? And so I know some of you say, okay, I've seen this. And yes, you're going to see it today. And I love this illustration. So you're going to see it again and again and again. As long as I'm the senior pastor. But Pastor Marco thinks that I stole this from somebody. But I did not. I I came on this on my very own. Okay. And so, whoops. Right. How many? Hey, you're trying to take my neck off. Save me. Okay. Could you? It's okay. The the rope. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Right there. Right there. Okay, what does the rope represent? It represents time. And on this rope, I put a black mark. And that black mark represents what? That black mark represents your life on earth. This is a big picture. You know, on this little mark that you see, most of you probably can't even see it, this is where we live our life. On this little mark is where we worry about our future. On this mark, we worry about our kids. We worry about our career. We worry about our finances. We worry about relationships. All of our worries and cares that we have are on this little mark. Everything that we pour our lives into are on this little mark. But guess what? It's just a little mark. This line or this rope goes out eternally that way, right? But we spend so much time worrying about this little mark. But God is seeing the big picture. Thanks, guys. You could have a seat. You know, practically every religion, including Christianity, believes that there's life after death. And where you experience this life depends on how you live here on earth, or the uh, choices you make. And most other religions believe that you have to work your way into heaven through good works and deeds. In other words, if you work hard enough, if you become a good enough person, you will enter heaven for all eternity. Meaning, if you are a good person on that scratch, for all eternity, you will enter into heaven. But you got to work at it. And so the question is, what's good enough? Are you good enough? That only those who earn their way could enter into heaven. However, Christianity is the only religion that communicates that your good works will never be good enough. That you will never meet the mark to make, to earn God's salvation. But... But because God loved each one of us so much, he sent his son into this world to save us, to give us eternal life, to pay for our sins through faith so we could achieve that perfection, not on our own, but through Jesus Christ. It's like um, having your credit card paid off. I just got my credit card bill this month. And on there is a big insurance payment. And I'm looking at that. Oh, wouldn't that be so nice if God could magically just pay off that credit? But we all have a spiritual credit card. And on there is debt. And that debt is, you know, sin. And none of us, none of us could pay off that debt. But the good news of Christmas that Jesus sent his son into this world to eventually die for us on the cross, to sacrifice himself on the cross to pay for our sins so we could experience eternal life. It's a free gift of God that none of us, none of us can achieve it on our own. None of us could earn it. But all we do is accept it Through faith. And that's it. You don't have to work for it. And that's the good news of Christmas. That Jesus will save his people. From their sins. Which what? Lead to death. But the gift. But the gift of God. Is eternal life. Through his son Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this Christmas that we could come and celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus Christ. But Father, this is truly a time of love where you loved us enough to send your son into this world to eventually die on the cross for us. That even though we did miss the mark, Father, that you pay the price for us and through faith and belief that we could have eternal life. And Father, that you take us just as we are. You don't ask us to do good works before you come to us. You take us where we are, mistakes and all, and say, I love you. I want to save you. Will you trust me? So if there are some here who are seeking God and there's a good reason that's why you're here this morning because there's something that told you that you should be here this morning. There's something in your life that you know is just missing and you might be trying using your career, using material things, using relationships to satisfy this need But time and time again, they don't satisfy. But God offers eternal life. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that means to turn your life over to him and say, God, you're the boss now. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Proving that Jesus was God. And that God is capable of raising the dead. That you will be saved. The Bible says that salvation doesn't come by works. But it comes through faith. If you would like to make that step of faith to say, you know what? I don't know a whole lot about you, God, but everything I've tried doesn't satisfy. I would like to take that step this Christmas to trust you. Will you please say this prayer with me? Dear God, for so long I knew that there's something missing in my life. I couldn't identify it, I didn't know what it was. All I knew, there was an emptiness inside me. And I tried so many things to try to fill that void. And nothing could fill that void. But Father, I hear through that word, your word, that you say that you love me that you sent your son in this world to save me from my sins. And Father, I know that I'm not perfect. And so this morning, I choose to turn my life over to you. I choose to be your disciple, to live the life that you want me to live. I know I'm not going to be perfect But I thank you for your forgiveness. And I thank you that not only did you save me through forgiveness, you saved me from the power of sin in my life, where sin no longer will have reign in my life. I accept your Son's death on the cross as payment for my sins. And I choose to follow you from this day forward. If you prayed that prayer, please come see me or Pastor Marco because we'd love to talk with you and talk about the wonderful life that God has in store for you. Thank you, God, for loving each one of us. And for those of us who have been walking with you for a long time, we thank you so much that you came to save us from our sins, but not only to forgive us, but to save us from the power of sin, to free us from the tyranny and the slavery of sin so we could live a life free of sin. Does that mean we're not going to sin? Of course not. But Father, there's a big difference between falling into sin and being enslaved to it. And so, Father, for those of us who might be enslaved to a certain sin, Father, may this Christmas be the day where we claim your promise that you have set us free from the power of sin, that sin no longer has claim in our lives. And may we live our lives in total freedom, knowing, Father, that we have a choice to choose you, Or to choose a lifestyle that ultimately will lead to destruction in our lives. So thank you. Thank you so much for freeing us from the tyranny of sin. In your son's name we pray. Amen.